0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Motor Mouth Radio Show, the beautiful Sunday night. I'm heartbroken, but I'm still doing the show. I want to thank you folks for listening in, for calling in, and for tuning in. You've reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia. If you're interested in calling in and hearing what I've got to say, the phone number is 347-945-7975. If you just want to log on the chat, you can go to blogtalkradio.com, dot-com forward slash Moseley, and you should be able to log into our chat room i'm doing both right now i'm good at the multitasking thing but most importantly I w- i'm here to do what i do best and that's talk football let's talk some sports i want to thank the folks that have already logged on into the chat room thank you for listening in looks like i got a couple of callers online out there I already sending me a message that they only want to listen they don't want to talk so I won't even bother them, but I will get into the star of the show, and that is the greatest game in the world, and that's football. We've had a great last four or five days of football between college and professional. We had a couple of great games on Thursday night, great NCAA matchups. Again, you know who I, who, where, my, where my loyalties lie. I'm a big, big, big-time Central Texas college football fan. That's University of Texas. University of uh, Baylor University and Texas A&M University. That triangle of schools, that's where my heart lies. That's where my, my cheering takes place. Had some great matchups, as we discussed last week. We had uh, Baylor playing against my number 10 ranked team. Of course, I had Baylor ranked number four. I disregard what the big boys have. Uh, I had Baylor ranked as my number 14 in college uh, football. They went up against uh, Oklahoma, one loss, great uh, tradition in that program. They went down to Waco and got slapped around by the Baylor Bears. Folks want to keep saying, well, Baylor hadn't played anybody. They hadn't proven themselves. Well, here they are, played against one of the greatest programs in college football, and what did they do? They showed up and they showed out. Baylor dominated the game 41-12 to Thus. Moving up in my polls, they are now my number three-ranked team. Uh, And uh, then you had Stanford playing against Oregon, and Oregon went down to Palo Alto and just got – it was a physical game. The score was close, but it definitely wasn't as close as the score made it look Uh, Stanford actually manhandled Oregon. They took Marcus Mariota not only out of the game, they took Oregon out of the national championship picture, and they probably took Marcus Mariota out of the Heisman race. And that's something that we'll touch on a little bit later. Again, you're listening to the Motomouth Mosley Radio Show. If you're you're interested in calling in, you can call in at 347-945-7975. All we're doing is talking sports. So, like I said, we had two great games on Thursday night. Probably, I think someone said that the, the greatest Thursday night of college football in the history of college football, of course, that's because you don't normally have games on Thursday nights, but they're you know, usually not this type of matchups except for Thanksgiving. But this was a great, great night of uh, college football. And then you followed up Saturday uh, with the matchup between LSU And Alabama, LSU goes into Tuscaloosa. They played them tough for probably about mm, a quarter and a half, maybe uh, half of the game. And then the dominance that is Alabama just took over. Uh, They were more physical. They were better prepared. The talent level was balanced, but uh, Saban has a way of elevating the play of his teams that – over the last three years, nobody can really match up with. And what he did after the game, which I thought was rather significant, that some people probably would overlook, was in the post-game interview, Coach Saban uh, announced that in his mind that AJ McCarron was the best quarterback in college football. That people get too hung up on stats, and that the only stat that really matters is wins. Well, Coach Saban. I got I to gotta say, I agree with you. Um, A.J. McCarron, if he doesn't win the Heisman, I will be absolutely shocked and amazed um, for a couple of reasons. He's an upperclassman. Um, he's got two national championships. They're going for the third now. Um, he's directing the best. Offense in the country, the most dynamic offense. Well, not not the most dynamic, but the the he does what they need him to do better than any other player in the country, other than who I think is actually the best player in the country. But he has no chance of winning the Heisman. That's Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel, without a doubt, in my mind is playing the best football of any football player in the country, and that includes Jameis Winston over at Florida State. I would take Johnny Manziel with uh, what he does for his team over any of the other quarterbacks in the country. So if I had a vote, my vote would be for Johnny Manziel. But as I said, he won't win it because of his off-the-field in the off season, and also because... AJ McCarron is the anti Johnny football and uh, with his on the field prowess that of course a lot of these older voters will migrate toward the guy who does it the way that they think it should be done. Is he the best player in the country? AJ McCarron? No. Willie really, the Heisman, in my opinion, yes. So we had a lot of great college football. Over the weekend, uh, real quickly, I will go over my top 10, 11-ish type. uh, My top 10 from last week, I had last week going into the games. I had Alabama, Florida, Oregon, Baylor, Ohio State, Clemson, Stanford, LSU, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Auburn. Those were my top 11 teams. Auburn was just on the cusp of making the top 10, so I always just added them in just because they're nearby. This week, with all the shakeup that went on, uh, with Oregon losing, the question is how far would they fall? And um, and how far would Stanford rise with uh, a decisive, not by the score, but if you watch the game, a decisive victory? uh, How much would Stanford move up? Where do you put Ohio State? All those types of questions were being bounced around. And this is what I came up with, with my Motormouth Mosley NCAA top ten rankings. I've got Alabama at number one. No surprise to anybody. I still have Florida State at number two. I still think that that would be a great matchup uh, in the BTS championship game if Alabama and if both schools are able to get through their Conference championships. I think that would be a great matchup. At number three, this is when I this is this is my touch. At number three, I've got the Baylor Bears as my number three team. And um, at number four, I've got the Stanford Cardinal moving up. Uh, I've got number five. I've got the Ohio State University still holding that number five spot down i've got clemson at six i've got oregon dropping down to number seven at number eight i've got texas a&m who is in my opinion the best two loss team in the country and i still think that they could go in and beat a lot of these teams their matchup coming up uh they do go into auburn in a couple of weeks and they play auburn so we'll see how that pans out but i've got texas a&m at number eight i've got auburn at number nine and i've got missouri at number ten that's my top ten Not sure what the BCS has, not sure what the AP has, don't care. These are my rankings. So uh, unless there's a major shaking up going on, unless there's uh, uh, some upsets that are unforeseen, I don't see much change. Now, of all these top ten teams, the team with the hardest road ahead of them is going to be the Baylor Bears. For them to hold on and be Texas, uh, I believe they've got Texas. I believe they've got Oklahoma State. And I believe they've got TCU still left on their schedule. And maybe even Texas Tech. I think that's the schedule. In either case, they have a gauntlet that they still have to go through. Now, if the team that showed up Thursday night and played against Oklahoma, if they show up in their next three or four games, then I think Baylor has a real good shot at running the table. Now, will they jump? Over Florida State and make it into the national championship game. Not sure, but I think that would be one of the more entertaining games to watch. Would be a national championship game between Alabama and Baylor or Alabama and Florida. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see an Alabama versus Ohio State BCS championship game. I just believe that Ohio State is overrated. I don't believe they've been tested. I don't think that the the, the Pack Twelve, the the Big Twelve is the big 10 is of any consequence as a conference um they beat a northwestern team that at the time was ranked and went on to lose the next three or four games uh michigan's not an issue michigan states eh, whatever so i don't have a whole lot of respect for what ohio state has put on the table now i know coach urban Meyer is a great coach they do have a fantastic program up there but I just don't see them as being tested, I don't want to see an Alabama versus Ohio State national championship game, which in my opinion will turn out just like uh, last year's game, Alabama against Notre Dame it will just be uh, a debacle. It looks like I've got a caller on the line, and if I recognize the number correctly, I do believe that's Minnie Plate calling in from uh, not Hawaii, but I believe from the NYC. Is that you, Minnie Plate?
0: I am calling from Times Square in NYC.
1: Calling from Times Square, the big city, the Big Apple, Gotham City himself. Now, please, I know I've been following your your travels up and down the West Coast. I know that uh, probably the initial reason for your trip is to follow the University of Hawaii in the heartbreaking loss against uh, the Naval Academy. Congratulations to Coach Kenny Neomatololo. But uh, I, I would assume that that's why. That's why you were on the East Coast. Is that the only reason why you're there, or, or was there a proposal? Did somebody yeah. get on their knee? I mean, talk to me.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the the Navy quarterback got on his knee in the victory formation. That's about the only knee that I saw.
1: Um, okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, so the, I, only I, I'm here was, with, the only uh, ring with that was corporate partners was who are suffering. good friends and uh and here with my lovely girlfriend Edie and we we flew up in uh on Tuesday of last week and we spent a couple of days in in New York and then we took the train which was a great experience for, for me, uh not having ever taken a train other than the one in Lahaina. And uh <laughs> And uh, so it, it, was, it was a great experience. And and so, yes, we, we went to the game and we went to the game in Naval Academy and, you know, true to the very uniqueness of it, we rented a car in Virginia and then we went back to D.C. and then we drove to Maryland and then drove back to, to Virginia through D.C. So, you know, it's, it's a neat experience for all of us living in Hawaii to be able to go to a multiple states and even like today. Uh, taking the train from D.C. to New York. We traveled through Maryland and Delaware, Baltimore, or I'm sorry, Maryland and uh, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New New Jersey, and then ended up in New York. So so it's been a great experience. We've we've crammed in a lot and we're kind of wrapping up our trip. We'll leave leave here, go back to to Hawaii uh, tomorrow. So, So it's been a fun trip.
1: Uh, That's absolutely awesome. Now, um, I've noticed something over the last few weeks that a lot of the University of Hawaii games have been broadcast on the CBS, uh, the new CBS Sports Channel. uh, That's due to a lot of the uh, uh, satellite and cable carriers, uh, but their games are being broadcast there. Uh, does that have anything to do with your relationship, your working relationship with the University of Hawaii, or is it just a coincidence that they just happen to be uh, available for another network to pick up those games?
0: That's actually a Mountain West Conference uh, arrangement. Mountain West Conference has a has a carriage arrangement with with the um, the CBS Sports Network, and then they also have an agreement with ESPN as well. So ESPN, I believe, has has a pick of so many games, um, and then CBS Sports Network has a pick of so many games, and they're always home games. So, uh, you know, and then whatever games they don't pick up, then it goes to local carriers if, if the schools have local carriers. As you know, um, University of Hawaii has a local agreement with, with Oceanic Time Warner Cable, and some of the other schools have local agreements with their local either cable companies or broadcast companies, but, but that's not, not anything that I have to do with it. Uh, I am very much a, a little guy in, in the CBS world, not, not, <laughs> not anywhere near the, the uh, moving the needle, so to speak.
1: Now, my question, uh, I, I, I also wanted to ask you, uh, since you mentioned it a little bit, and I just heard that uh, for the people who are listening, whether you're listening live or archived, I'm on the line with uh, Mimi Plate, a.k.a. Glenn Higa, uh, and we're discussing you know, some things that are a little bit more close to my heart that are related to Hawaii, um, but my question is I've heard that the contract with Time Warner is pretty soon coming to an end and it's out for bid again. I know that uh, Rick Blangiardi had mentioned in the past that he was very interested in getting that contract back if he gets that contract back if that goes back to a K5 K-H-N-L, uh type situation will it still be a pay-per-view situation or will he make it just a free broadcast and uh, open it up to more uh, Hawaii people to be able to watch games because literally here in Georgia I'm able to catch more Hawaii games for free than the people who were right there
0: well I have a great relationship with with both both parties and specifically with the oceanic time Warner cable group and uh you know they do a great job with uh with with the broadcasts and getting it out to to the people you know it, that's a question for not really even for k five or for oceanic, but that's a question for for the university of hawaii uh what where do they see their TV broadcast going? Um, you know, TV viewership, the battle between TV viewership and, and in-house attendance is not symptomatic to University employees. symptomatic to all, especially the NFL. If, you, if you've if been following, it. the NFL has been very, very interested in, in how things are going with in terms of their attendance and how that relates to their TV attendance. Now, most of them are in bigger markets than in Hawaii, so it's so it's not much of an issue. But but it's um you know you know with the advent of HDTV and the and the relatively inexpensiveness of HDTVs as a whole, uh, it's, and then the the things like NFL Red Zone and and the ESPN Goal Line and just a number of Games that are being able to broadcast not only on cable but on satellite and on broadcast TV. It's you know it's an interesting dynamic where you know if you sit at home you can watch a hundred college games a day um, and you can catch every NFL game. So so you know where where does that go for pay per view? I mean I I don't have that inside knowledge and I know that Time Warner Cable is going to be going through negotiations right now and they have a and they have that that right to do it, and uh you know I think it's um you know it's a good thing for the for the fans of Hawaii those that are unable to get to the games to to be able to see it live, and if they're able to come to the games, they should be there and support and support the home team
1: yeah um and i and I do understand that with uh the performance. Of the team this year I know that a lot of fans have become disgruntled um, and I know that you know there's folks who are already calling for a change at the top to be made I don't know if, if financially if that's something that they can actually do because I understand that coach Shao is still under contract uh, I know that there was an article written over the last few days where he was quoted as saying some things that some of the fans kind of took Not necessarily offense there, but they kind of, kind of raised their eyebrows at. And um, I had someone ask me, you know, here I am in Georgia, like I got any type of inside scoop, you know. uh, Someone asked me if they, if I thought that Aitman meant that he was considering retiring and opting out of, I guess, the last year of his contract, or if this would be the last year if things don't get any better. Uh, not to put you on the spot again, and I'm sure you don't really have any idea of what's going on through Coach Chow's head, uh, but are the concerns of the fans legitimate? I mean, is there, do you think that there's going to be, uh, what percentage would you put on the chances of there being a change in head coach within the next next season? (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: You know, these are, these are questions that come up when when your football team does, has not won a game yet this season.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, if if the team had a couple wins under its belt, I will say this. The team played yesterday, w- played well enough to win yesterday. I don't know if you saw the game or not. I um, did. They, I did. They, I did. I I thought they played well enough to win um as you know i'm a i'm a coach at the high school level not in football but in in another sport and uh you know my my philosophy is winning is a result of what you do throughout the game and sometimes when you don't make enough winning plays um or don't make more winning plays than your opponents then your result is a loss and i think that's kind of what happened yesterday and it's kind of what happened in in a lot of their games this year uh, they play well enough to win. They just don't make enough plays to get over that hump. And uh, you know that's a lot of that is mental, as, as you know. Um, you know you you, you start to self doubt yourself, and um, and things get out of hand for you. Uh, but I thought they played well enough to win yesterday, and I and I was you know happy with the effort. They just need to make a couple more plays, I think. To get there, and if uh, they made a couple more plays, maybe little less mistakes, which I think everybody would agree on. Uh, I think I think they would have come out of the head, but give props to Navy; it's a very well disciplined team, um, which I believe Coach Chow said as well. And you know, when they needed to make a play, they made a play, and uh, you know, Hawaii is going to get there, get back to that point again. Um, you know, it's just a matter of when that point is going to happen.
1: Well, there's no doubt about that. The effort that was put forth yesterday was considerably better, especially considering there was a road trip with all the travel that the team has been, how long they've been gone away from Hawaii. I thought that the effort that they put forth was, 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 was something to be proud of as an alum. Um, the, the military academy, you know, Air Force Academy, uh, Army and Navy, they do what they do systematically very well. They make very few mistakes and they're barely ever penalized. So they don't make a habit of beating themselves. Usually if they get beat, they're just beat by a superior talent just because of some of the parameters that they really can't accommodate uh, You know, being who they are. Uh, and with all the requirements Uh, that are asked for those cadets or midshipmen. Uh, You don't get the type of athletes. Uh, Basically, at the academies, you get soldiers who can play football, not football players who happen to want to be soldiers. So the talent level at the academies usually isn't up to that level. So if you come in and you make mistakes and you shoot yourself in the foot, and you turn the ball over and you don't play discipline, that is a recipe to getting beat by one of the, the military institutions. Now, you talked about uh, the University of Hawaii uh, needing to make you know, a, a play or two more or doing things that uh, it, it's almost like they, they play well enough to win, but they find a way to lose. Now, being a Cowboy fan, and most nights, that's our story. We played well enough to win. We do something dumb enough to lose. So I'm definitely uh, abreast of that. But unfortunately tonight, uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, my worst fear came uh, to life. We played a New Orleans Saints team that was mad, angry, pissed off, and vengeful. And they mopped up You know, the four with us. I still have yet to go over my... Uh, my NFL results, and I took one majorly on the chin again this week. Uh, last week I won 6-7. and seven. This week I'm 5-8, and eight, so I'm in reverse order. I'm looking at 95-50 and 50 overall. I never thought uh, some of these things would turn out the way they did, but uh, I ended up losing uh, the, the games that I won, which are few and far between. Um, I did pick Baltimore over Cincinnati. I picked the Giants over Oakland. I picked Seattle over Atlanta and I picked Minnesota over Washington. <clears throat> so you didn't go out on the limb
0: with your wins.
1: <laughs> no. No. But like I like the time expect... that you
0: that you went out on a limb and, and tried to and and baited me into a into a into a verbal war when you picked Oakland over my Broncos.
1: But this time okay, I wised up I wised up, and I did pick Denver this week over San Diego, so I did get that one right. I did get it right this week. Now, the premier game of next week is, I believe, the late Sunday night game, which would be the Kansas City Chiefs, against the Denver Broncos, a one-loss team, I believe, against an undefeated team. Now, that's going to be a hard call. I haven't even checked the schedule to see where that game is going to be played at, but in either case, uh, I know Peyton Manning took a late shot in today's game, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I think they're having an MRI tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, uh, it won't be anything serious.
0: But
1: uh, if he's out, that changes everything with, with that with that team. I'm not even sure who the backup quarterback is. Who's your backup it's, quarterback in Denver? It's Brock Osweiler. He's a... okay. So nobody. He's the second okay. round
0: pick. Uh, you know, he's Oshwiler, not I think he out
1: yet. of. Uh, out of Arizona State.
0: Arizona State, big, big yeah. kid, six seven. Yeah, like two, six five, two,
1: six 50. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, long. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and but but being Peyton's backup has to be one of the great teaching tools of how to play the position that's possible in the NFL. Um, well, and don't forget,
0: I mean. You know, not to say that it's easy, but he's going to be, if he does, if he is the quarterback to, you know, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas, uh, trying to no Sean Moreno out of the backfield. He's got a good offensive line and uh, got a good scheme that, that Peyton can work him, can help him work through. Um but now, that being there's said, no doubt
1: about that. Um, that being there's said, there's no doubt about that it he's got he's no got tons it, of tools. No matter what. He he's got tons of tools and he's got uh I, I I wouldn't go as far as to say a great offensive line, but they've got an above average offensive line. Um uh, if if they can keep him on his feet, if Peyton doesn't play and this rookie hasn't come in and play,
0: uh,
1: Kansas City's defense is formidable. Their rush isn't something to be frowned upon, and they've got some quality DBs. So I, I, I think that if Peyton plays and he's healthy, I think Denver takes this game no matter where it is. If, if, it's not, if he's not healthy... I think the game became a lot closer. I think Andy Reid has the Chiefs coming off a bye. They've been playing great ball. They've got, they're going to have an extra week to prepare. Um, so it should be. I think that's, that has the possibility of being one of the great games of, of regular season this year. Well,
0: traditionally, Denver-Kansas City games have gone this way. When they're in Denver, Denver wins, traditionally when they're in Kansas City, it's a much closer game and it can kind of go either way. Um, but, but for some reason, Denver usually plays very well against Kansas City, no matter who the quarterback is or who, who's playing. Denver plays well against Kansas City. Um, at uh, You know, when I look at this game, I think Kansas City's probably the best team in the AFC West. Uh you know, it's interesting this year. Every team's every team's been up and down. Every team's got got a little bit of a hole. And I don't know if that's because we pay more attention to teams nowadays, or it's a it's our world's become a what have you, been, what have you done for me lately? a at, at atmosphere. But it'll be an interesting game, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll I'll have my Demarius Thomas jersey on. I have my satire chilled and ready to go, and, and I'm going to be jacked up for this game like I do for every Denver Bronco game.
1: Well, it definitely should be a great game. And uh, of the Denver Bronco players, because uh, I have high school friends who are from uh, down in Dublin, Georgia, which is where Bebe went to high school at. Uh, one of my good friends coached uh, on, the, on, on, the school, on the staff when Bebe was in high school. Um, I've got uh, Coach Buzzy Preston at Georgia Tech, who mm-hmm. was on the staff when, when Bebe was there because that's what they call him here in Georgia. They call him mm-hmm. Bebe. Uh, but so he is one of my favorite players. I think that uh, he had to be the happiest of all players in the NFL when they uh, signed Peyton Manning because, for once, he actually had a quarterback that, would be able to get him the ball. I think with Walker and Decker and the other Thomas, Julius, I think they have the best foursome of receivers in the NFL uh, and could be that way for years to come because none of those players are really that old. Walker is probably the oldest of them all, and uh, I think he is the most expendable of them all. Um, I like the two guys that got outside wide, and I love uh, the basketball player converted to a football player uh, and didn't throw in Peyton Manning, who is just a, a, a maestro. I mean, I, I, the old running joke used to be that I hated the Manning so much I even hated Danny Manning, <laughs> but I, I, I got to respect what the guy puts on the field. I mean, he is just a quality, quality uh, quarterback. Uh, I do want to change uh, change up just a little bit because I did want to get back on my college football, and I do want to talk a little bit more about um, my late season as the season goes picks for the Heisman. If the Heisman competition, the vote was sent in today, my votes would be who gets a trip to go to New York and hang out with you? Uh, go to New York and go to the Heisman (laughs) ceremony after hanging out with you? Because I know hanging out with you and Edie would be the highlight of the trip. But, you know, I know they got some business to take care of. So if I had to pick right now my three gentlemen who would get invites, I'd say four, I'll give four gentlemen invites to go to New York City for the Heisman announcement, and that would be Hunley, the quarterback out of UCLA. I would give an invitation to Johnny Manziel, the quarterback out of Texas A&M. I would give an invitation to A.J. McCarron, the quarterback out of Alabama. And my final would go to famous Jameis Winston out of Florida State. But the winner, in my opinion, not that he would be deserved of being the best player in college football, which we all know is not necessarily what the Heisman is anymore, but my choice to win the Heisman at this point in time in the season, and especially if they run the table and win the national championship, would be to A.J. McCarran, the quarterback at Alabama. Do I think he's the best player? No. But I would give him the Heisman. I think he'll win the Heisman uh, for a couple of reasons. One, this will be his third national championship that he's led, well, I think he was a backup, the first one, but this is two that he's led the team to winning. Uh, His record as a starter is unbelievable. It's like 32-2 and or something crazy, some godforsaken number that you don't even hear about. And more importantly, he's a senior, and he's the anti-Johnny Manziel. He doesn't bring attention to himself. He doesn't get himself in trouble. He doesn't post. Uh, things on Twitter or Facebook. So, if I had to pick who I think would win the Heisman, would be AJ McCarron. Who do I think is the best player in college football, based on his production? I'm still I, I still like Johnny Manziel. I think he's uh, as dynamic. I think he's as interesting of a player in college football. I love what Famous Jameis does at Florida State.
0: Uh, but
1: I think that he will be cursed by the freshman uh, last year winning it, and I don't think they'll give it to him. But uh, that's just my take. I think AJ McCarron will be this year's Heisman, unless Alabama loses and loses the national uh, and, and doesn't make it to the national championship game. I still think that Alabama could lose a game and still make it into the BTS championship game, just like they've done before. But uh, I think that the one thing that will hold true will be. Uh, Alabama will be in the national championship game. AJ McCarron will win the Heisman, and hopefully, will be against somebody other than Ohio State. Before I sign off, I want to make two uh, statements. Before I sign off, one, I want to wish, I want to thank, send out a thank you to all of our veterans who have served or are serving in our military services. I want to thank the families that support them. I want to thank all the men and women who have laid their lives down for this country on tomorrow, which is Veterans Day. And I also want to send out prayers to those in the Philippines who uh, are dealing with major devastation and uh, a typhoon hit there. And I just want to send out my prayers and my good vibes out to those people. Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I've got many played online. We've got a few more minutes to yak. Uh, Anything you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you. Well, first of all, I wanna I wanna echo your your uh, statement. Uh, thank you to all the veterans and uh, and happy birthday to the Uni- United States Marine Corps. Uh, today's the 238th birthday, I, if I remember right. Which, and, which uh, means they're five and, uh, they're five uh, years a... younger
1: than your brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot skinnier too, if I remember. Uh, you know, and I also want to want to send uh, send the prayers and thoughts out to the people in the Philippines. It's it's amazing to hear what what's happening to them, and uh, you know, and I and I wish them wish them all well. Uh, I actually want to want to uh, want to say one thing about the Heisman Trophy race. I think the guy that really deserves it to deserves to win it. Um, is another guy from Alabama, and I think that's T.J. Yeldon. I think T.J. Yeldon is the best running back uh, that will end up coming out of end up coming out of uh, Alabama. I really think so. I think he he's a great running back, and I think he'll be better than a Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, and uh, some of the other hey, guys Lacey. that have come out of that
1: program. Yeah. Uh, I I, uh, I, I, I will, have no I doubt that I have I, no doubt that.
0: That AJ McCarron is is deserving of the hype. Uh, you know, even though I'm a I'm a Damien graduate, I I still do root for Marcus Mariota. I think Mar- Mariota deserves consideration despite the game that that they had against Stanford. Uh, I'm surprised that you, the Texas Homer, has not picked anyone from Baylor.
1: Um, it's real simple. <laughs> the reason why I can't pick anybody from Baylor. Um, if I picked with my heart, I would pick uh, Lake C whose okay. mother I went to school with growing up. Uh, he played ball with my nephew in high school, but the problem with uh, picking Baylor is that they have so much talent on that on that offensive side of the ball, especially at running back. They are literally four deep and running back on that team so uh, as dynamic as Lake may be uh, he just won't get the carries he won't get the opportunities to uh, shine uh, that would warrant him being uh, the Heisman winner uh, the quarterback Petty um, I guess you could throw his name into the mix but um, I don't think that he's getting the uh, the, the media machine behind him that will uh, nationally give him the type of exposure uh, to win the Heisman. Whereas uh, when Sabin came on after the game on Saturday and made that statement about McCarron that uh, people are too hung up on stats and this, all all this kid does is win, I think that opened up a whole bunch of – Eyes, I think that that will be uh, the impetus to push him forward for the Heisman. TJ Yeldon is a great running back. I love him. Uh, but to me, he's not even the best running back in the SEC. Uh, Gurley at Georgia, to me, is a better running back. Uh, and I think Yeldon will also suffer uh, that he won't get the type of yards uh, to, uh, advance him into a Heisman. So, uh, I think that today's game, uh, is being more promoted at the quarterback position. Uh, you got guys like, you know, Bridgewater at Louisville who was, you know, being mentioned. You got Marcus Mariota who was mentioned. I, I do believe that that loss on Thursday night not only knocked Oregon out of the uh, BCS championship conversation, but I think it also knocked them out of uh, a Heisman contention. Uh, Valid, no, but I think that if – I I believe that any opportunity to eliminate some of these players out of the picture does nothing more than elevate A.J. McCarron up the ladder. So uh, by the time the season comes to an end uh, and the votes are in – some of these 50, 60, 70-year- old sports writers who uh, couldn't stand what Johnny Manville did with you know their award uh, attached to his name,
0: will go for the
1: clean-cut all-American guy who just wins and doesn't say anything. So uh, I think it, I don't want to put McCarron in the same category as Gino Toretta. Uh, but I don't think that the best player in the country. Will win the Heisman, uh, not even well, the most I, dynamic know, in, quarterback. In, a lot, in some
0: ways, I disagree with with what you think, with what you're saying. I, you know, after the um, after the Alabama-Texas A&M game, you know, my thought was was the flashy quarterback wins the Heisman, but the efficient quarterback wins championships, and that's where I pegged AJ yeah. uh, McCarron. Uh, very similar to me, very similar to an Alex. Smith, where all he does is win, very similar to, uh, in a lot of ways, to Trent Dilfer, or or Brad Johnson, that type of quarterback, where, you know, you know, not just the stats, but you know, physical traits, do they jump off the right. chart? No, uh, but you know, do they do they do enough team win? Absolutely, you know, absolutely, and I think that's what but what, uh, what wins championships as a quarterback. You know, it's not the guy that throws up the, the great stats. It's, it's the guy that, that manages the game efficiently so that that it gives his team the best chance to win.
1: Well, I, I, definitely, uh, I definitely believe... Uh, I don't disagree with what you're saying, uh, but I believe in this case, I think that the guy uh, who just goes out and wins... We'll do both. I think he will win the Heisman, and I think he will win a national championship, uh, or at least play in it. And uh, uh, really can't argue with it. I don't think it's a bad choice, but I do like. uh, If I, I don't see either one of them being a great NFL quarterback. Um. I think with the way the offensive have evolved in NFL, I think actually Johnny Manziel has a better shot of being an NFL quarterback because he is so mobile. A.J. McCarran um, is a very talented quarterback. Uh, I think he would have to go to a system that fits him and fits his skill set uh, to be uh, successful. But uh, I just don't see him. And he's around so much greatness. It's like, to me, it's kind of like a, a great high school quarterback and I'll just use some Hawaii references, a great high school quarterback at, at, at St. Louis during their glory years. You really can't say how good or bad he is because everybody else around him is so great. And you never know what you're really going to get when he's not surrounded by such greatness. So I don't know how good A.J. McCarron will be, uh, let's say, if he was on Jacksonville. Uh, but... Again, all this is open for debate. You've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I think we're about to run out of extra time. In fact, we just ran out of extra time. Uh, just winding down.